It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked on Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked on Reds podcast. It's a Wednesday. It's hump day. We've made it to almost the middle of the week. We made it to the middle of the work week. Well, not even that. If you had a short work week, it's not... Maybe it is the middle. I don't know. Whatever. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter. Save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone. All that good stuff. I've got lots of thoughts. And we're going to talk about the bullpen mostly because the Reds had a bullpen day yesterday. They announced that Lucas Sims would be the starter and in the third inning, they replaced him, and they brought in Amir Garrett. And I'm like, boy, that was a short start, especially considering Lucas Sims, for the most part, for the first two innings anyway, was on cruise control. He did run into a little bit of trouble in the third, gave up a couple of hits and a run, and it was right after he gave up the run that they brought in Amir Garrett. So I was like, what, what's wrong? Is, is he hurt? And then you come to find out, well... It was a scheduled bullpen day. All right. Yeah, that's fine. But what happened was not great. Amir Garrett couldn't throw strikes, so he didn't last very long. And you had Sal Romano come in. He looked all right. He was fine. Matt Bowman came in. He looked pretty decent. He's fine. you got a couple of guys that you may have as long men, maybe mop-up duty kind of guys on a playoff team, maybe not even on a playoff team, but nonetheless, they had okay nights. Then Wandy Peralta came in, and everything else just fell apart. And it's funny because I was listening to extra innings on the way home after the game. I went down to the ballpark last night, not to brag. But Lance McAllister was just not happy that the Reds pitched Wandy Peralta. And he made some good points, you know. He was very angry about it, though, for sure. And he's saying, you know, how can the Reds expect the fans to take them seriously when they're running a guy like Wandy Peralta out there. And it's not specifically aimed at Wandy Peralta. He was making the point that we know what kind of player Wandy Peralta is. And what we know about him is that he doesn't need to be on this team. And I totally get that. I totally understand where he's coming from from that standpoint. It's just, I don't know. We've kind of hit the point in the season where, I don't know. And while I'm still staying positive, while I'm still loving my Reds, still watching my Reds, I'm going to be watching till the end of the season. I love baseball. I'm weird that way. I'm wired differently. I don't know what it is. I understand if you are a little bit apathetic at this point. Because they have done this whole retreat process. Ever since the whole hashtag of hashtag sneak on in came out of an interview with Joey Votto 
they've just backed off of that. Okay, we're not sneaking on in. You know, maybe we'll make a run here. We've got all these division teams we're playing. That didn't happen. Then they have this run of really bad teams that they're playing in the Padres and the Pirates and the Marlins. And and, and that's when they'll make a No, no. They didn't make a run there either. And, and now we're like, well, maybe they can make 500. They can get to 81 wins. They can be a 500 ball club. Kind of like I was hoping at the beginning of the year. I, I, I don't know about that either. Now. And, and now the mark that we're, we're like, okay, they can, they can avoid 90 losses by winning this many games and losing this many games. And, and I think that's doable. I honestly think that that is something that is well within the reach of this team. But at the same time, it's all just so bugger. You know, we, we've gotten to the point of the year, and, and we've talked about the Reds. We, we've been excited about the Reds far longer into the season than we have in the last five years. That in itself is a victory. That in itself makes the season a success. That being said, it puts the onus on this offseason. It puts the pressure on the front office to make the moves to be in contention. And, and yeah. In fact, that's got me thinking. Is the moment you've all been waiting for the Locked On Reds Twitter poll of the day? This one's easy. This one is a yes or no question. Are you confident in the Reds to do what needs to be done in order to contend in 2020? Answer yes or answer no. And I, I promise I'll actually remember to put this up on the Twitter page for the poll tomorrow, but that's the poll today. Are you confident that the front office can do what needs to be done to make the Reds a contender next year? Because I've been telling you till I'm blue in the face that I believe the Reds will be a contender next year. That is all very dependent on what they do in the offseason because you know as well as I, you don't have to think about it too hard that what is on the field right now is not a playoff team. That being said, there's parts of a playoff team. There's not like a whole, you know, slewful. I don't know why that word is in my mind, but a whole slewful of holes on the team. There are a couple of areas that absolutely have to be addressed, and the lineup is one of them. And I'm going to get to the stat of the day regarding the lineup after last night's game in just a minute. But first, today is Wednesday, which means it is NFL Crossover Wednesday. Coming up, the Bengals have the Seahawks, which means Joel Goodberry and Jake Lisko will be joined by the Locked On Seahawks podcast people. I'm not exactly sure who those are, but every single week, your Locked On NFL team will have a crossover with their upcoming opponent. It's a way for each team to dig into each opponent and take a look from both sides of the game before the game happens. Locked On NFL has you covered from both angles for both teams on game day. Check out Locked On NFL Crossover Wednesday. The Locked On Reds podcast is also brought to you by Postmates. If you have not already done so, there is a great introductory offer out there 
if you join Postmates today. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. You will get free delivery for your first seven days. $100 in free delivery for your first seven days. But I'm telling you what, if you go over $100 in your first seven days, then I think you're like a master at ordering things or something like that. I don't know that that gets you anything. That just means that you spent more than $100 on delivery. But that's pretty cool. Nonetheless, Postmates is a great app for your delivery needs. If you're hungry at like 11 o'clock at night, but you don't want to drive because you're afraid of the people that you live around, use the Postmates app so someone else has to drive that to you. You can get your Taco Bell without leaving your couch, and they can bring it right to you so that you have your quesadilla all nice and warm in your lap. You didn't even have to take off your nightgown to go do it. Postmates app, download it today. Enter the promo code Locked On for your first seven days of free delivery. Trust me, I use it. I love it. Postmates. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Wednesday. I had mentioned in the first half we talked, well, I was going to talk about the bullpen, and we'll get into that in just a minute because I got off on a crazy tangent. But I also mentioned about the lineup and what happened on Tuesday night. The Reds lineup struck out 14 times. Phillies pitchers struck out the Reds 14 times on Tuesday night's game. That is the 52nd time this season that the Reds have struck out at least 10 times in a game on the hitting side. Not as in like they've struck out the other team, as in Reds hitters have struck out 10 times or more. I think it's like the eighth or ninth time. I looked at it and I, I've forgotten, but it's the eighth or ninth time that the Reds have struck out at least 14 times or more, which that just seems really high to me. And, that, and that'll take a little bit more digging on my part to figure out just where that sort of number fits in the holy crap, this is ridiculous meter. But it's it just doesn't seem good. And Lance McAllister said that this is now a streak of, I think, seven games where they've had seven hits or less. They only had six hits last night. Just not been a great stretch offensively. And as far as the runs went, one of the RBIs, again, was had by rookie sensation Aristides Aquino which I also heard I may be pronouncing that wrong, and it's like Aristides Aquino. So I know he listens. Sorry, the Punisher, my bad, dude. But at the same time, it's awesome to see he got NL Rookie of the Month for August and NL Player of the Month for August. Ironic in that one of the few players, because this only ha- this only got started back in 2001 when they gave out these awards, but one of the players to have gotten Rookie of the Month and Player of the Month in the same month was Yasiel Puig. What really isn't ironic about that is that Aristides Aquino has outperformed Yasiel Puig in the month of August. In fact, I saw something that said in the month of August... Aquino has 14 home runs, or had 14. It's September now. I don't know why I'm saying present tense words. Had 14 home runs. Yasuo Puig had two. 
Now, I'm not saying that the Reds won the trade by any stretch of the imagination right now because obviously Trevor Bauer is still a work in progress. And it's all contingent as to how the Reds finish next year as to whether or not we can declare that trade a win. But I think they're doing all right in right field. I really do. I, I think we got something in Aquino. Real quick, I want to get to the bullpen because I said at the beginning of the show that I was going to talk about the bullpen, and I haven't talked about the bullpen yet. There's a thing that came out, and it was a discussion with David Bell in the Inquirer, I believe it was, that they were talking about Rice Iglesias and some quotes that David Bell had about Rice Iglesias has me confused. Because at the beginning of the season, David Bell said, we will pitch the best reliever in the best situation where we feel we can best win the game. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to declare a certain person a closer or a setup man or this or that or the other. He's just going to pitch the best guys when he wants to pitch them. That being said, the things that he had and the, the, the quotes that he had in this interview kind of show as if he's acquiescing to Rice Iglesias. The quote is, and, and this is a little bit, but I'm going to read it. This is David Bell talking. He's shown a willingness to pitch in any inning. Fact is, though, that in the save situations, he's actually been so much better, and that is a factor for me. David Bell said, we're trying to win games and do that. I'm trying to put guys in the best position to succeed. So even though I might be a better spot, or I might see a better spot for him in the eighth, he's pitched better in save situations. So I'm trying to balance that out. The best part of my job is dealing with people and humans and trying to manage that and balance that with the best way to win games. Okay, I get it. You, you got to manage egos, you got to manage personalities, and that whole ordeal early on in the season with Rice Iglesias belly aching that the Reds are completely mismanaging me. Obviously, David Bell listened. I don't know how I feel about that. Because initially, I felt as though David Bell was kind of... Running this, and I know, I know, I know, you can't run a Major League Baseball team with an iron fist. These are all human beings, and they make millions of dollars, and they can make their own decisions. They don't have to sit there and be like, yes, sir, no, sir, will do, sir. They, they can, you know, act on their own accord. But I don't know that it's the right idea to just be like, okay, well, he says that he can only pitch in the ninth, so we're only going to pitch him in the ninth. And I know he said safe situation, which then also limits to what ninth inning we're talking about. Are we talking about a tie game? Are we talking about a game where the Reds are losing in the ninth by like a run or something and you want to hold the other team? Well, we can't pitch Iglesias because, you know, it's like you know, not a safe situation. That sounds like so many other managers before him. Dusty Baker famously would not pitch a guy labeled a closer unless he could get a save. And the ironic thing about Rysel Iglesias and his year that he's had, he's got a 4.5 ERA right now, but he's also on track to have his most career saves in a season. He's got 28 already. already. I think one more save sets a career high for him. 
which is hilarious to me to think of that and just how worthless the save stat is, but I'm not going to go into that right now because that will take an entire another episode for me to fully divulge my hatred for the save statistic. Nonetheless, David Bell's got to manage this team as he sees fit. And if he feels that he cannot pitch a guy in a certain situation because it doesn't match up with that player's preference, I wonder how much longer Rysel Iglesias will be a part of the equation for David Bell to work with. I'm not saying that David Bell's going to trade him because that's not David Bell's job. That's Dick Williams' job. That's Nick Crawl's job. That's the front office. David Bell's not part of that. David Bell works in concert with that, but he does not make those decisions. Nevertheless, Rice Other Glaciers could be a valuable trade chip, maybe, this offseason, depending on how he finishes off the year, these final 20-something games. And I almost wonder if he's not on his way out. Because if you, if you're going to run a team a certain way, if you're going to if you're going to say this is my bullpen philosophy, this is how I want to run the bullpen, and you've got one guy in the bullpen who says no, I will pitch when I want to pitch. How long is that going to last? And how much will that contribute to a playoff team? I don't know. You tell me. Call me on the Lockdown Reds line. Text me on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. I want to hear from you. Also, don't forget the Twitter poll that I had in the first segment of the show. Do you trust the front office to make the moves necessary to make this team a contender in 2020? Yes or no? That's going to be up on the Lockdown Reds Twitter page. I'll tweet that out. I'll share it. All that good stuff. Look for it. And give me a call, text, Lockdown Reds, line 513-549-0159. Thanks so much for listening to the Wednesday show. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. I don't know why you wouldn't have, but uh, just in case you haven't, subscribe. And then also check us out on that Twitter, at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And the Lockdown Reds line number, I mentioned it like five times in the last minute, so save that into your phone. Tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to be a little bit more positive, I promise. I've got some thoughts that will be more positive, I promise to you. Anyway, that'll do it for the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 